Happy birthday to us. Happy birthday to us. Happy birthday, mercy and the heartbeats. Happy birthday to us. Obviously not rehearsed. I actually legitimately didn't know you were going to do that. So. I didn't know either. Yeah. That's thinking on the fly. That's why I love you. Mm, love you too. So this is episode four. Yeah. It's the happy birthday, mercy, and the heartbeats. I was trying podcast. to think of something to rhyme with episode four. And many more. Oh, Lord. On channel four. Yeah, there was something that you said on episode two being electric boogaloo. And I heard that used just recently, and I it, like wanted to remember what it was, and I can't remember. It's a sequel it was to like, a movie. I mean, there's like, a there is a there is a Electric Boogaloo, like a real movie. I can't remember what the it's a sequel to. It's something stupid. I was gonna say, I think it's for Breakin. I don't. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I just anyway, know. I just know it. I just know it is. I know it is the thing that me and my friends just drive straight into the ground over and over again. Yeah, it never gets old to me. I heard something recently, and it was like episode thirteen. Electric, like somebody else that was going. It doesn't on work it. if it doesn't rhyme. No. Anyway. Yeah. It's a good time that we're uh, recording this podcast because I did realize that. I mean, we were working on mercy for a long time, but. In a couple of days, it is the actual year to the date of our first gig with Mercy and the Heartbeats. It's true. And, um, you know, just for the record, this is being recorded uh, like coronavirus is still happening there. We're still quarantined. But uh, we were talking about where to go, you know, with this episode or whatever. And it's like, I don't know. It's like there's only so much we can we can mine out of being stuck in a house and not doing our, our jobs at the moment. So well, there's th- a lot we could get into. <laughs> right. Fair enough. I, I think we were just both, both feeling like, Hey, it'd be fun to maybe do something a little bit more happy and positive with the first anniversary of the band upon us. Yeah. I mean, there's a lot to reflect, um, on and, and things to go over and a lot, there's been a lot of questions about the band and, and our last episode was, way more personal and um than it was band related and we figured this one could kind of bring it back to the band a little bit. <laughs> yeah. I like that idea. So, um I know that we talked about the birth of mercy to a certain extent in uh previous episodes, but we didn't get too in depth with how we started. Um we had met in another band, came out of that band uh and we formed this one together. You can, uh, you can get more details on that in uh, episode two of Mercy and the Mans. Um, if you need to be reminded, it has been a little while since that that episode. But um, I guess we could talk about the first gig. But right right before that, leading up to it, I'll actually let's go back. Let's let's go back to the way beginning and talk about. Our members. We haven't really introduced our members. It's true. So, and we like them. We do. They're good dudes. Um, is you and me. So we don't really have to go into us. No, I mean we talk about ourselves a lot. <laughs> Why don't you introduce Danny? He's the first 
member uh, after us, basically. Yeah, I mean, well, Danny Blau, I've known since eighth grade. We've played music together pretty much since we've met. We've been in multiple ba- multiple bands together, multiple creative projects. He's somebody that I respect a lot as a uh, he's a great guitar player. He plays keyboards, a good singer, um, and he, more than that, he's just a really a uh, genuinely nice and good person who uh, I felt if we were going to do something, you know, you want you want people that are competent, obviously, but you also really want people that are going to fit into your vision and commit to your vision and make themselves available to what you're doing. And like, you know, the Bay Area is full of world-class musicians and we get to play with a lot of them. Oh, yeah. And our band is full of them too, but Danny's somebody that, you know, doesn't, uh, at at least right now, and uh, when we form the band, not playing in a million other cover bands, you know. Uh, well, and you bring up a good thing. When we were forming this band, it was important to us that we kind of explored outside our circle that we'd been in for a while. Yeah, I mean... We really were pushing our... Because to be honest, we've said this before too, if we could have put a band together in a week, in a day we could have put together a band, but we were being very particular about the overall member. Well, yeah, I mean, to me, there's a difference between doing a gig and building a brand. And there, it's like a Venn diagram. There's things that fill both of those purposes. But like, if you were to say, Kyle, put together a band for one gig and just put together a slamming band, like no problem can definitely do that, you know? But when you're thinking about, okay, I want to put together a band with a, a group of musicians that hopefully you're going to stick around for five, ten years. Like, you don't want a ton of turnover right. if you can avoid it. And, you know, short of touring, which I've done, uh, being in a band like ours, you spend a lot of time with these people. You know, Saturdays, a wedding day, a, t- a typical wedding you know, you might arrive as early as noon, one o'clock or whatever, and you're not leaving till midnight. I mean, that's it's a lot of time to spend with somebody you don't like or don't particularly care for. So I don't know what that's like at all. No. <laughs> me neither. Um but Danny's somebody that uh I knew uh would put the work in and would be a positive force to have around and um so far that's been true. <laughs> And to be honest, he also was going to play, when we were first talking about putting the band together, it was going to be Danny playing keys. True. So Danny, by the way, is our guitar player. <laughs> I don't know if we said that. And um, we weren't sure we were really going to have uh, a keyboard player. We were thinking that Danny could play keyboards and guitar parts and that we would that would be fine. That was what we were first experimenting with. I mean, I've always loved the, I mean, I love that Nashville thing where there's like somebody in the band that plays multiple instruments. I really love having like an ox guy. And so to me, it was like, oh man, it'd be so cool if we had like a rip and lead guitar player. Then like Danny could play rhythm guitar. He could play keyboards. He could play percussion. Like he could do a lot of things. Um, And we went through a number of different uh, personnel changes before we got to the final band where it was like, all right, when we got maybe the next person we could talk about, when we got Alan, uh, it was like, okay, Danny just plays guitar. And it's a little bit different 
uh, approach than I think I've had in other bands, cover bands I've gigged in, where I think most of the bands in town have like a a person who plays guitar that like solos and that, that's what their thing. Like I'm a lead guitar player and Danny is competent. Danny can solo, but Danny is really to me maybe has, uh, the best time, the best pocket of any guitar player I've ever played with. Agreed. Um, besides maybe gallon Matthews, who is a robot, like just ridiculous accuracy in time. But Danny has a, an R and B, you know, kind of feel to his playing that to us, it was like, you know, we're building the band around uh, groove and vibe and pocket. It's not so important to me that somebody steps out in front and, like, fireworks go off behind them and they put their foot up on the, you know, monitor and thrust their groin into people's faces. It was like we we were looking for a kind of collective pocket and groove that you and I could really settle into, and Danny is perfect for that. Right. Well, and the other way we were setting up uh, our band was we want everybody to be featured. We want everybody to get their, their moment, but we're the front people. We don't need anybody to front our band. Um, and so that was also, I think another thing that we didn't need to be in constant competition with everybody trying to be a front person. Yeah. Danny literally stands behind me (laughs) and he's by choice and he, and he's happy about it. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. yeah, yeah. No, I mean, we're sort of joking, but sort of not. Um, <laughs> there's only so, so much room up there. Yeah. Uh, no, 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 no. Yeah. No, Danny's great anyway. And, and we go way back and I, I have to say, you know, for me, there are times on stage in almost every show, uh, where I have these moments of gratitude where I'm like, man, I'm up here playing with one of my oldest friends and musical co-conspirators. Right. Like, you know, and we've played in so many different bands together, so many different styles of music. We played in a country band. We still play in like a kind of indie rock. We back uh, Megan Slankard together. Right. Um, that's kind of indie pop, singer-songwriter stuff. You know, we've played in rock band, hard rock bands, grungy rock bands, all, all kinds of stuff. And here I am playing like, you know, whatever, doing cover band stuff, which I still, I have these moments where I just look, I kind of look over and I'm like, man how cool is it that I get to do this with this guy? Right. Um, and we, and he and I have become really good friends in, in, I mean, I think it started over Facebook, but we, we joked that we were BFFs and we kind of have similar, uh, backgrounds being, um, half Mexican, uh, half white. So we had a lot that we related to in that regard. Um, but he's someone that I've hung out with outside of the band, and he's not someone that is just my my bandmate. I really enjoy being around him and hanging out with him and swapping recipes and yeah. He's <laughs> a genuinely, good genuinely good dude. Um, as are all the members of our band, and he brings some really great ideas to the table. And he's just and he's just so easy. I mean, that's kind of like I. I Thinking about all the the, the things we're going to talk about and all the members, I just am starting to remember that most of the stuff is all going to be like, oh, he's so great and he's this and he's this. You know, it's it's there. It's going to sound a little mushy, but well, I mean, if you're I looking for it. like dirt, <laughs> if you're looking for dirt on the band, you probably not this episode. We not can, this episode, and give us a couple more years at yeah, least. <laughs> we don't have we don't have any complaints. At we the still moment. like each other. Yeah. Um, okay, so that was so. Yeah, so Danny was the first member that we kind of like 
brought in and, and I mean, was I, committed and yeah and and multiple times he was the only member i mean true which sort of yeah. i guess we, we could talk about with the next guy um our bass player eric hayes big yes. bass hayes what? Uh, yeah if i have one regret about the sort of like formation and workflow of getting the band off the ground it's that we didn't grab eric sooner because we could have saved ourselves a lot of heartache I played one gig with Eric, with Danny, actually, funny enough. Um, and it was a, a really just uh, sloppy, haphazard, thrown-together thing. We were backing up a dude who was sort of like trying ideas. Uh, he wanted to run track. You know, I mean, he's a really great dude. I've known him for a long time. But, you know, it was sort of like, let's just go do a gig and figure this stuff out on the fly. And it's it's hard to do that if you want to run tracks, if you want to Did run you samples. We did, but when you realize, like, oh, you know, the stuff was very produced, and it was cool, it's cool stuff, but it was, like, very, um, like, a lot of loops and synths and all that kind of stuff, where it's, like, you know, you kind of, maybe you want to have this stuff live, um, and there wasn't backing tracks built, and we were trying to figure out how to do this stuff on the fly. Ah, I see. And we went and did this gig together, and, you know. It didn't go well. It did, it did, (laughs) I mean, yeah, it didn't go well. And, uh, you know, Eric and I had sort of talked about getting together and, and I knew he'd come from Ohio and was doing cover band stuff out there and, and was looking to do stuff here. To be honest, at that time, you and I weren't, I don't think Mercy was that close to being put together. And so it was sort of like, all right, well, yeah, let's circle back later. I'm definitely going to want to do something, but we're not quite there yet. And um, we went down a road with another bass player who was somebody you knew. Yeah, um, don't remind me. Yeah, well, I mean, dirt. I'm gonna, th- I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna give him some a little something interesting. No names. Yeah, no names. But this, uh, and he's a great bass player, the guy that you know, and he's a guy that was looking to kind of get back into a band situation. And he knew a drummer who's a local drummer who I also won't name, who is really, really good. And I, and they were kind of going to be a package deal, and I was really excited about it. Yeah, because I thought, man, if we have this rhythm section. Holy smokes. Like, right. we can really come out. We can really slam. And we took them out to lunch and, and, and talked through everything, and they were super on board. And, you know, it was that thing where you start getting close to rehearsing and people start hemming and hawing. Like, oh, you know, I've been pretty busy. I haven't really got to work on the tunes. And it's like, okay, yeah, no problem. Like, that's not a big deal. Um, but then, again, instead of saying, like, hey, I'm not ready for rehearsal. Can we push back a week or whatever? It turns into, like, I'm too busy to do the band or I have to concentrate on paying gigs right now. Like I can't put time into a band that doesn't have work on the calendar and which again, fine, fair, understand that. But why wait, you know, to the day before rehearsal and (laughs) also, yeah. And also, I mean, you and I are both, you know, (laughs) working musicians with a lot of gigs under our belt and a lot of different situations you and I pulled no punches about what the band was going to be, the work that was going to go into it, how long it was going to take us to get it off the ground because we wanted it to be right. Right. So to me, in that situation, when somebody goes, oh, I got to concentrate on paying gigs or I'm too busy or whatever, it's like on the one hand, I want to give them that space and be like, that's cool, no problem. And on the other hand, it's like, I don't recall ever describing this situation in any other way. Right. So... 
we, for a lack of a better term, wasted a bunch of time so much sort time. of assuming these guys were going to be on board and then having to start from scratch. Yes. And that's when we called Eric. And um, when Eric, as soon as we played with Eric, and we played with him in multiple sort of like rehearsal <laughs> situations. In fact, I had, I called, he'll tell you, I called him a couple times because I was uh, nervous he was going to back out because we were trying to find the right drummer. We were trying to find at that time the right guitar player too, mm. and it wasn't going that well. Everybody and kept bailing. At one point, we just to try to get. I remember one rehearsal, we hired a drummer, yeah, just to be able to see what we would all sound like. And the guitar player at that time that we were trying out, the second guitar player we were trying out before we got Danny. Yep you know, the same thing, like on the way to rehearsal informed that he hadn't really learned anything. And, and, you know, it was just like one of those things where it's like, Oh my God, he's going to, Eric's going to change his mind. He's going to be like, yeah, I'm out of here. Get your act together. Yeah. He'll tell you, like I said, I called him a couple times because I mean, like we said, and I don't know if it was episode one or episode two, like the, the sort of peril of, of trying to put a band like this together is you're trying to sell people on a concept. You're trying to sell them on, it's basically like like a like a startup, like trying to trying to get funding for a startup. You're trying to convince people to invest in your uh, project and invest in you. Um, right. And so I'm looking at Eric. I'm like, he must think that we're just chumps. Like, <laughs> I wanted him to know, like, I know this isn't good and not right, and like we're not settling here. Like, stick with us. And thank right. God he did because I don't think I've thank God his wife was oh yeah. so cool man give it up for for mama t yeah um she has been a godsend as well yep she has um yeah eric is like the only person i've ever really seen uh and i know you've done a lot of gigs so i'm, I'm sure there's other people but i've never seen anybody be able to match you for like coolness and dance moves and stuff on stage mm-hmm. like That's he's nice. Just an incredible performer. Great yeah. bass player, too. I mean, yeah. like, I want, I would almost say, like, underrated bass player um, because he should be gigging all over town with how yeah, good but, he is. Don't, don't tell yeah, me about he's, he's, our, he's ours. <laughs> he's our secret. But, I mean, like, he just, he dresses cool. He's got vibe. He's hilarious. He's, um, he can play anything. Yeah, he's a good rapper, <laughs> which yes, I appreciate because it means I don't have to do it. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's right. He does most of the the rapping and um yeah, he and I have fallen into we've we found our groove on on a lot of things that we um have just happened organically uh, on stage as far as dance moves and we have our moments and everything and that's been really fun because you can't you can't force that. You definitely can't force you know, the chemistry like for instance, the chemistry that everybody talks about with you and me that they can see it from a mile away and everything you, you what's happened between me and Eric on stage is gold. I love it. Yeah. And no, I agree with you. Like choreography for the sake of choreography. I never like, Uh, maybe it's because I'm not good at it. So (laughs) it's me being self-conscious, but like, um, I've even been able to fall into some of the stuff you guys do. I know just because you guys are so good at it. I'm like, well, if I just sort of like, even if I do like 75 to 50% of the quality of what you guys are doing, it'll be a 
net positive. But um, it's all about it's all about the um, the attitude, though. I'm telling you, half yeah. of it, half of it, half of it is attitude. Well, and speaking of attitude, Eric, um, beyond being cool, Eric brings that uh, a cover band experience. He did it out in Ohio. He was in a very successful band, and he has a uh, a standard uh, that he wants to live up to and wants the band to live up to, and it yes. pushes us and it makes us really constantly check in to make sure we're like you know on the right track and. It's really, really nice to have that, and and the way he does it is a, it's positive. You know, right. he'd be like, "Hey, man, like things are going great, but really, I've been thinking about a way to like clean up this medley, or this song's a little too slow." It's like, it's always constructive. Yes, you know, um, yes, because there is a wrong way to deliver a message. So far, that hasn't happened because, and also, I think though we have never. Um, We've been honest from the get-go. We want everybody to have feedback and have say and creative input. But at the end of the day, this is our band. Yeah. And I think that's, um, I think because we it's so important to us that this is a business as much as we love it. And people tend to kind of blur the lines when you're in music or anything creative. And especially something like this. It's like, oh, everybody's great. We're all great friends. We get along. But there has to be, there has to be a president and a co-president for something like this because someone has to call the shots, um, and everybody is so. Um, that's the word I'm looking for because again, I don't want to go easy, but uh, so understanding and so um, they all they're so supportive. I guess yeah. they truly are supportive. Not only are they supportive musically, but so supportive of us of like. Yeah, what do you need? What do you got? Because we don't really, we ask of time, but we will, um, our band members get paid before we do. I mean, that's a, that's how we've always been. And and there's there's a base rate. There's been lots of gigs that you and I have been like, we really want this gig or we want this opportunity. We'll take a cut because we want our guys to be paid because we're asking them to do this, to do our band. Does that make sense? It does. Yeah. I mean, it makes <laughs> my, sense. My uh, explaining what I'm trying to say. Well, I think part of it is, I mean, there's two different ways to look at owning a business or owning a band in particular. It's, you know, the one way is I'm doing all, the, you know, I almost said I'm doing, I'm saying in general, like I'm doing all the work, you know, I'm taking the risk. I'm this, I'm that, like I sh I'm going to take a higher cut because, you know, I've earned it. Right. And then there's the way we kind of look at it, which is we want our band to be basically in business and successful and making money for everybody, including us for decades, if, if possible. Right. I mean, I, I feel like I got at least, at least two good decades left in me. <laughs> uh, I'll let you know what mine is. <laughs> yeah. Well, well you know, I think you age like a fine wine. Uh, babe. Yeah. I'm working on it. You know? And so to us, it's like, you, if that's what you want, I mean, at least the way I look at it is, um, I'm trying to always look at the bigger picture, the long term goal, rather than like gig by gig. Like I need to make sure I get mine. It's like if there's a good opportunity for the band and it doesn't pay very much, like I don't want to start making people resentful so I can make a hundred bucks. Right. You know. Well, for me, I think Eric, what Eric gives me, 
and why I was kind of bringing that up is, is Eric is so like when I, when I come to him for something or, or tell him like, okay, so here's the deal. And like, I'm in, I mean, he just gets it, I guess. And he gives me confidence that he's got my back and he gets it. And, you know, and cause I'm always, well, I just want to make sure, you know, that, you know, X, Y, and Z. And we're very, I'm, I am all about being transparent about everything. Transparency, transparency, transparency. Um, but uh, he he gives me a lot of confidence in a lot of ways. I guess is is was my way of saying all that. Yeah. Well, I mean, yeah, he's somebody who's been in bands. He he understands how the business works, and he's not. I think he's somebody who doesn't sweat the small stuff either. Like he gets that not every gig pays a ton of money, or that right. some gigs are going to be a bigger uh, investment of labor than other gigs. You know, it's right. and it's just it's. Again, that kind of long view of like how it how a band goes over a year rather than over a week. You know, you like that view and having having somebody in the band that like gets it um, both gives us confidence and I think gives the other guys confidence too. Of like, oh yeah, the, if Eric's cool, then I'm cool. Like, right. there's a there's a sort of a, a, a confidence that goes. I said confidence already a couple it's times, fine. but it's fine. It's fine. Yeah. Um, which kind of like funny enough to me seems like that directly goes now to Alan in that okay so now it's got we've got you me Danny who we just keep throwing everything at and he's <laughs> just like I'm trying you know working on all the parts and and Danny is is so solid about like he wants to make sure he's got the sounds and the parts and everything and you know taking all that on Eric showing up at rehearsals that either don't happen or and people bail on or playing with musicians that aren't up to par <laughs> sticking with us. And then we decided, okay, we do think we need a keyboard player. Like, no, I guess we do need, we can't like have Danny doing this, trying to cover everything basically. Um, once again, you and I are faced with, we know tons of keyboard players. My thing was, our uh, keyboard player, Alan Leong, I've known for decades. And it was kind of one of those things where it's like, if I could have anybody, I'd have Alan Leong, but there's no way because everybody wants Alan Leong and he's like the busiest working musician. So we almost didn't call him. You almost didn't call him. <laughs> well, you learned your lesson with Eric. So you told, I remember when I told you then you were like, don't make the same mistake. Just call him. If you can't do it, he'll tell you. And I was so nervous to call out because I'm thinking like, oh, he's like, I see that he's playing and he plays with all these great people and musicians and there's no way he's going to be able to, you know, fit me in. And I called him and Alan's a very difficult person to get a hold of too. Like Alan is someone <laughs> that doesn't use a cell phone very much. Yeah. In the year 2020 of our Lord and Savior, uh, <laughs> The guy doesn't use a cell phone. He uses a cell phone on gig days, sort of. Kind of. Every once in a while. Right. Um, and yeah, he still has a, a, a map directory book thing, right? He doesn't even, um, he doesn't GPS anything either. Yeah, which it can be a little, you know, <laughs> I mean, if I had one one piece of constructive criticism. 
His and his calendar is a paper calendar, which I do appreciate that. Uh, but uh, pretty hard to screw up a paper calendar. Right, 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 right. You either wrote it down or you didn't. But Alan is so basically a long way of saying Alan's old school. But I called him up, got his answering machine. <laughs> he called me back, and uh, I laid it out for him. What I, you know, and and I have to admit, I I kind of did the thing of like you're probably too busy, you know. But I just I I wouldn't. Wouldn't forgive myself if I didn't call you and, and ask you and, and, you know, at least give you the say. And he was like, no, that sounds good to me. I'll do it. I was so excited. So excited. Um, I mean, Alan bring, now talk about like, he brings decades of experience. Um, got, he knows so many songs um, and and just an easy hang and and everything um very agreeable like when we did the um the uh when we were shooting promo and everything like that and like hey i need you to wear this and i'm going to throw the you know hair hair designer on you and and j- just you know be cool with it i mean he was <laughs> how do you feel about a top knot alan <laughs> um and and same thing though like like gets it and and when it comes down to it, like we can't all lead the band. And I think for these guys, they appreciate that they get a chance to come into a really good situation, you know, a good, good, um, good feel, good sound, and don't have to mess with all the business that comes with it. So I think they've come to appreciate that, that they can come in. We, we respect them. We appreciate them. And, um, we take all the, <laughs> the grief for them uh, or the work for them for so to speak but um alan was just uh, once again just came in seamless and it I mean, just yeah. was that with everybody that that stuck around and actually stuck it out and committed i mean alan goes above and beyond so often too i mean he like we just did a, a fundraiser and they had like uh staff do a song you know, as a kind of like surprise or whatever. And they had us back them up and they sent a chart and everything. Before we know it at, at Soundcheck, Alan's basically running like rehearsal for these, for these guys, you know? And like, right. I remember that. Uh, that wasn't something we discussed or that I expected of him. And he just happily did it. And they were like, Oh, do you mind sticking around for a minute and like running stuff after we were done? Uh, and he happily did it. And he's just one of those guys. He's just like, I'm here to work. You know, he doesn't really like, he doesn't uh, really drink or anything, you know, and like he'll just, he has this like notebook he'll be writing in, practicing like Practice. his penmanship yep. and, you know, <laughs> he's like, he's a true renaissance man and I he's the most interesting dude that I've ever met and I feel like I don't know nearly enough about him, but. No, there's something new every time yeah. that I learn and it's like, what? How did I not know this? Oh yeah, I did that song on uh, you know when I was in Germany with so and so, whatever, right. in like 1985. I'm like, what? You know, yeah, 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 yeah. It's so funny. Or what? Didn't you talk about? Oh, the time we talked about just recently, how he said he um, backed up an artist doing a song with Dolly Parton. Oh right. Doing uh, you know? Oh yeah. Yeah, when we did uh, Islands in the Stream with Dolly Parton, you played with Dolly, but you know he's like, oh yeah, you know, just so nonchalantly and 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 not like he's putting on a show he no. like really is nonchalant it was about that it. casual it's always that casual <laughs> it's never like well do, have i told you about the time i played with dolly parton it's like oh yeah you know it's like 
It's always just in passing and not to even like try to hook you into a conversation. He's just yeah. like, if you didn't say anything, he would just keep like going on with yeah, his day or whatever. Yeah, yeah. I'm trying to remember. I, I'm pretty sure the first I used to do, uh, I used to be in the house band at Top of the Mark. And I think that's where I met Alan and, and just uh, it's great. And and he, I've been on gigs with him where he's had to kick bass, and because the bass player just didn't show up, or maybe it was a gig that they said, bass "Oh, players. yeah," <laughs> or they or they said, "Oh, we didn't hire a bass player. You can kick bass, right?" So I've been on gigs where he's kicked bass all night, like four hour gig, and um, will add background vocals just because and doesn't have to be asked, and you know, it's just always, always easy and great yep. with Alan. Um. We love Alan. We do. We do. Great there was dude. something else I was going to say about him, but I, now I can't remember. Well, then to me, what was going to be the hardest part of putting the band together was finding the drummer. Because, ladies and gentlemen, if you don't know the man's Kyle Caprista uh, in any other capacity than vocalist, he is a drummer first. That's true. And I knew that that was going to be hard. Uh, it was, <laughs> it was, I mean, yeah, it's tough. It was really hard. Um, <laughs> and to, I mean, yeah. well, I, I found, I found our drummer, but you, you go and tell the, the story of what exactly it was you were looking for. Well, you know, uh, should I put it? <laughs> our band, we do a lot of different genres, decades. We do backing tracks, you know, um, there's a certain pocket that really I'm, I, that I'm looking for and a certain like stylistic approach. And, you know, the Bay area, I mean, there's so many great drummers, there's so many great musicians, period. But also I think to a certain extent, because of how much work there is generally, not right now, obviously everybody's getting a reality check, but in general, the last whatever, 10 plus probably like 20 years. I mean, there's been a lot of work in the Bay Area for musicians, especially if you're willing to play, you know, cover gigs or whatever. It's really like a place that you can make a living doing that. And because of that, I, I do think I have encountered people that just don't take it that seriously, you know, because there's always another gig. If you screw this one up, whatever. It's like there's not enough. There's not an, there's more work than musicians sometimes. Yeah. So people get a long leash. And for me, um, you know, I really being a drummer and wanting the want knowing how important it is for the drummer in particular. I mean, bass players are really the ones that can't screw up. I mean, they bass a good bass player is always criminally underrated because if they hit a wrong note, it is like glaringly obvious. There's no really playing around it. But that being said, uh, it you cannot hide a bad drummer. You can't really hide a mediocre drummer, but you really can't hide a bad drummer. And, um, you know, the, the kind of like confidence that I really wanted our band to be able to play with, especially when you're ripping through 90 minute sets or two hour sets or whatever, and you don't want dead space, you know, you want to move quickly between songs or, or ideally not even stop really just like go right into the next song. Right. You need, the band needs a drummer that drives that, knows tempos, knows how to run tracks, isn't going to play drum fills that um, confuse the band, although my tolerance for that is probably much higher than most people, but like, (laughs) 
you know, you don't want people up there guessing where the time is because somebody decided they were going to pull out their, you know, gospel chop 101 drum fill or whatever. So somebody in the crowd knows that they're a good drummer. Right. Um, and so long story short, it's hard to find that hard to find that in somebody who's willing to sign on to a project that's not currently making money. Right. Because they can any good drummer in town can fill their calendar. You know, more yes. or less. Right. Unless they're uh, a dick and nobody wants to work with them, which <laughs> there are there are some of those too, you know, but I don't want to work with those people either. So I wasn't really sure how we were going to find the right guy. I thought we had found the right guy because the guy that I thought we found, who I won't name, is just a disgustingly slamming drummer. He's so good. But Yeah, he came, and unfortunately, I mean, he, he came referred by many. Yeah, well, and then I found some other things out. Well, that right, but... Explained the subsequent behavior where we basically... I've never really been ghosted before in my life in, like, relationships or anything, and this was, like... <laughs> The first time I've ever been ghosted, and it was like, oh, that probably wouldn't feel very good if we were dating, but um, it certainly doesn't feel good in the professional environment either. But um, uh, yeah, but uh, yeah, there. I mean, I I remember you know calling around and and asking for names of people, and I would send you a website or a video, and you'd you'd like in fifteen seconds. Nope. Nope. You know, that this isn't going to work. He, d- he doesn't have a pocket. He doesn't have time. He doesn't have, you know, he, I can already tell that he will struggle with X, Y, and Z or blah, 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 blah. And, and it was, you know, part of it was, I got to admit, you know, in the beginning is it's going to be hard because of you being a drummer. But um, I just, part of it also was I trusted you because we again you were very clear in what our vision was and what we wanted for the band and i knew we weren't going to settle i mean that was the biggest thing we kept saying that even though all of this stuff was hard and heartbreaking along the way with false starts we weren't gonna settle and we kept saying you know okay if that's not the one let's let's keep looking because we didn't come all this way to settle now for the last member and and everything and again it had to be a good hang and it had to be you know, not just someone that was a good player it had to be someone that would fit with with the personality of the band and the look too. Right. I mean, but I got Will Will Jenkins, <laughs> our drummer. I got his information from another drummer who said, uh, "I met this kid. He's he's great. I mean, really great. Um, not I haven't met really anybody else like him. Here's his uh, name and number." And, um, I don't, I don't even remember. Did you look at him like online or anything? I remember just being like, Hey, can we meet, meet us? And we met for coffee. I might've looked, I might've looked up a, a video or two of him, uh, playing with the artist he was with at the time, but I don't really have a, I was on tour. You called me. I was in. Uh, right. I was touring the Boeing museum or not even Boeing museum. I was touring the Boeing factory in Washington, on an off day of tour and you're like, yeah, I, I just talked to this dude for a half hour and you know, he seems like down and excited and whatever. And, uh, but I don't, I don't remember if I really like, I think we were just so eager to, for one, we were excited that it was somebody that, um, we'd never heard of, (laughs) 
but found out we were still in these outward circles. Right. He had experience. Um, he'd played in a band for, for many years and, um, and again, we like, we go and meet with him and immediately had chemistry and hit it off and that it was just, we were at ease right away. And we ended up spending like two hours, I think sitting there talking. And for one, we were like, I remember how desperate we must've seemed and eager because you, I know immediately hit it off with him as far as drummer speak and like knowing where he came from and knowing his, um, would you say his background or his studies, the school of study or whatever. Right. And I remember like you lit up, you know, so much over that. And, um, and we never really, like, I don't think we actually really had heard anything that he was doing at the time. No, I'm trying to think of like when I first heard him play and I, it must've been before rehearsal, but I can't honestly say like, Oh yeah, I remember watching this specific video or whatever. I mean, the thing is, is with the drummer, and like you mentioned it, like, uh, yeah, I I was nervous going into meeting with him because you're there's so many different ways that you can spook somebody. It's like we're a couple, which some people don't want to be oh, involved. Oh yeah, we said with that, that to everybody. <laughs> yeah, some people don't want to be involved with that. We don't have any gigs on the calendar, like. He doesn't really, he doesn't have, like, you have history with Alan. I had history with Danny, you know, um, Eric, I think, like, coming from his experience in Ohio and, and kind of getting up to speed on the on the uh, Bay Area cover band circuit, understood our experience, understood what, what we had done and respected that. Will, I mean, Will was sort of in this, this, uh, specific like no man's land where like he didn't really know us didn't really know like anything about what we were doing or had done didn't know anybody didn't know anybody in the band didn't know anybody in the band didn't really like have a direct line to us to be like oh you you know so and so i mean even the person that recommended him he's like oh yeah like they didn't they didn't go back decades or anything right and and it's like okay you know like we're a couple we don't have gigs on the calendar and the lead singer one of the lead singers and leaders of the band is a is a drummer who's been playing professionally in in town for you know whatever like 15 plus years 20 years or whatever right uh there's a lot of ways that can go a little wrong because like my thing was like i don't want to tell the drummer how to play no but i have to admit i would be somewhat wary i i actually Played drums for a while for a dude who was a drummer first and then turned into a songwriter and kind of frontman of a band. And it went great. But there's always that 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 sort of like thought of like, well, am I playing it the way you want me to play it? Because you're a drummer. I know you have you played it on the record or whatever. Like you have ideas. Right. And for me, it was like, I have ideas of like things that would be cool, but I don't want to be micromanaging the drummer. And I also don't want them to not play the way they want to play because they're worried about appeasing me or whatever. Right. So it was definitely like... Uh, I was very aware of the the ways that it could have like potentially gone wrong in the, in the meeting or the rehearsal or whatever, and uh, he really toughed out some some weird early rehearsals too. I think like it took us a minute to find our yeah. footing. I think. Well, we were playing with with you know we <laughs> we were playing when we uh, so going back. Sorry. Um, we had decided that we wanted there to be quite a few medleys in our set. 
but we had never heard what they were going to sound like. I mean, you can cut them up. And we were saying like, we, oh, this will work. This will work. You know, and you were, you were making all these cuts and we were splicing it. But you don't know what it's really going to sound like and feel like under your fingers when you're playing. So they had to like, gosh, I remember that now. Like we, there was a lot of things we had to tough out and fight through. And, and, and we'd be like, this isn't working, is it? <laughs> you know, yeah. you guys can tell us that this is not working. Like what is another way that we can go into this or transition and everything like that? So it took a little while to... to find the footing and feel how we can talk to each other. And then once we hit, like once we hit a certain spot, then it was just like off to the races. And the thing I love about Will is he's so, he's so unassuming, but like wicked confidence, but without ever, like you never feel like his, like you don't feel ego and he's got healthy ego. But like, he's just so, um, it's so understated. It's so right there under the surface. I don't know how to explain it. You know, he, he's like, come on, help me out here. Well, he's somebody, he puts time in. He puts time into, he, he's always prepared, I guess is what I'm trying to say. Like, the thing I appreciate about him, especially as a drummer, is like, I know I can send a song to him or a medley to him or whatever. He's going to chart the song don't for note what the drums are doing, even if it's programmed. Uh, he's going to have the track, like he's going to be able to play to the track. He, he, he already knew how to like run tracks, had his own setup for doing that. And that means like, we're not starting behind the eight ball. Like it's never like, Hey, the kick drum pattern is actually this, or you missed that break or like the groove's not quite, quite right. Or the dynamics aren't right or whatever. Right. It's always like you're starting at worst, you're starting from like what the record sounds like and then moving from there. Like, oh, right. we can beef this section up. Like, you know, let's keep the snare drum in on the second verse. It kind of dips too too you know, too much when you bring the cross stick yeah, in or he, whatever. Yeah, like, he'll play everything exactly. Like, it's been amazing to me. And he likes to. That's the thing. <laughs> because like, look, I play a, a huge percussion rig and I overplay. I've been trying to work on like dialing it back a little bit, but like mm-hmm. I play a lot. Yeah. And the fact is, Will <laughs> underplays most of the, like he could play more mm-hmm. and he just doesn't really want to. Like he's got chops and he could throw down and he doesn't want to. He's right. like, I'm happy to play the groove. I'm happy to, like, he really serves the music and allows me to like do what I do, which is just nonsense. And, uh, <laughs> But but I never am thinking like oh man I know he's probably bored playing this song or I know he's probably bored playing this groove or whatever like he really uh, kind of gets off on like trying on nailing perfecting a yes. thing and he puts the hours into that well even before the show you'll see him he'll be back there he'll he's always warming up but like I swear to God I've heard him and it's the thing I tease him about all the time I've only heard him miss one thing ever. And that was, um, I'm going to so call him out. He's not going to listen to this. <laughs> but um, you, um, and it was funny because he, he'll never mess that up again. And uh, and I've heard other guy, you you throw other guys off, other drummers, is an uptown funk. Yeah. Because you don't sing that one part the way everybody expects it. And I remember it kind of coming, he was like, and I, it, I genuinely was shocked. And he was just kind of like, so shamed and I was like you'll never do that again and he was like no and now I can't like not help but look at him every time that part comes up yeah me too but um that's it's it's there goes things um 
but he he's yeah I, I i love playing with him i think he's great i love his humor again a cool i mean even roxy loves him yeah. <laughs> for i don't know how how it happened but my daughter my five-year-old has a pretty big crush on uh on will although she did say that she preferred uh you playing uh what was it you you finally you finally won over will this week <laughs> yeah he's her second favorite <laughs> be fair so yeah so those are our our guys so we got the mans me mercy danny guitar eric bass alan keys and will on drums yeah and we have a number of awesome subs who step in and maybe we'll talk about them at some point down the road but uh that's the core band yeah we should that's talk about like i know people have had questions about how we do that too we we kind of take for granted that being musicians and having done this so long that People not in the immediate business must know how it is, and we don't find it very the the kind of like day to day stuff very interesting. But it turns out that it's interesting to people, <laughs> so yeah. we're trying to remember. Well, you know, I'll say this: like I appreciate the core group because they did the heavy lifting of getting the songbook and the band off the ground. Because what we get to do now is when we do have subs. You know, there are certain songs that we do like the like the record or do like every other band does, but there's a lot of stuff we don't, medleys or different arrangements or whatever. And we now have references. We have arrangements that I can send to subs, and I trust these guys to learn it, or women. We have women subs too. I trust them to learn it because um, they're great musicians, and we won't hire anybody that doesn't put the time in. But we are, we're afforded that luxury because the core band put the time in to getting that stuff up in the first place, you know? Um, and that's, that's sort of like the hard part. I mean, is selling people on doing that. These guys bought in and put the time in. I mean, you said that our, our, uh, anniversary of our first gigs coming up on the 13th. Yep. And, uh, April 13th. Yeah. And I had no idea how we were going to sound or how that was going to (laughs) go. I knew like, I knew we, we, we had the talent and everything, but we didn't, I mean, it's literally the first time you play in front of a crowd and and yeah there's stuff we've cleaned up since then there's a few things here and there but really we we the from the get-go we had a vibe and a and a, a, a synergy and an energy that it, like i walked off stage from that gig and i was like all right we're good like, yeah this is gonna work i mean our first gig i don't think we we technically had a full show rehearsal before the show no there was a lot of stuff going on with everybody and it was hard to do and at a certain point you just go all right i trust that uh you know that uh yeah i'm pretty sure there were songs that we didn't like run yeah definitely (laughs) probably i mean yeah definitely was i'm thinking about it and then and and let's also go back we had when we first started the band we dropped all the keys or most of the keys and we were playing a half step down. Yeah. Well, like, cause the band that we were in previous to this, uh, had tuned down a half step and we sort of, you know, thought of it like, well, that saves your voice over the long term, and, and we were so used to it. And we were just used to that and whatever. And then uh, I don't want to get the like, first gig. Yeah. After the first gig, like you, you I don't want to get like too technical, but it just, causes a lot of issues when you have subs it causes a lot of issues when you're on stage even your core band who's playing the song in a certain key with other people or they're trying to shed 
leading up to a gig and they're shedding to the record and then they show up on the gig and even if they're using drop pedals or they're tuning down or whatever, it's just your brain doesn't uh, process it the same way. And after that right. first gig, we were like, okay, let's let's tune back up. And, so, you know. but, but, but picture this, you know, for this whole couple months leading up, screwing everybody up and like, wait, what, what is it? So what key is it in? Well, it's like this, this, this. And then after doing that for three, four months to then turn around after the first game, go like, ha, ah, just kidding. We're going to go back to the original keys for everything, except maybe a couple songs, which, but that that's happened organically and it's been fine since, but I just like laughed at how we put them through all of that to then turn around and go like, never mind. We like, why are we doing this? We actually can sing the songs in the original keys. So yeah. let's just well, keep Well, to their credit, way. they didn't uh, kill us when we <laughs> said we were tuning back up. So thanks guys. Yeah. And as far as us, I mean, I think it's, it's clear to say that we show, we show, we share co-leads. We do it pretty. Um, Cause I, I, I know people have asked about our roles as mercy and the man's as far as on stage goes, we pretty much split it evenly that we're, we're singing the same amount of leads just in the sense that for one, it saves our voice and we're not blowing our voice out all night. I can't do a whole gig anymore by myself for two hours. You could, but why? Well, because it's, it's hard. I just mean like (laughs) you, you could do it, but like why do it? Um, yeah, yeah, we're 50-50 more or less. I think you sing a little bit more than I do, which is how I would like it to be. I don't I'm not a lead singer by trade, um and you are. And sometimes I think you should be singing even more than you are and I should be singing less, but um you and I, I mean, we're we're just easy with each other there's no real ego i mean there is ego it takes ego to get on stage and perform oh yeah but there's there's no there's no ego about like you and i sorry i keep talking over you um we're not in competition with each other right and we're a common goal yeah and we're there to lift each other up and we support each other i mean i remember there was one time though in the very beginning and you were like oh i want to do this song and i'm like okay look (laughs) (laughs) like Come on, you know, the, I, I get that you're singing now and everything, but like, can I have some songs to do or keep the, you know, some of the female songs or whatever it was? I can't remember what it was. And I, I got a little tiffy, but for the most part, um, what's so funny is, is to some, it would be a problem to be in a band with a couple. And I know that some people, you know, that idea is just not okay, but I know that we've made an effort to be like, like you said, we, we mentioned to everybody that was coming into the band, just so you know, we're a couple, we're going, you know, this is what we're doing. Are you you okay with that? Everybody was just like, Oh, is that even a thing? Like, yeah, totally fine. It's never come into play. Um, it's never come into play as a matter of fact of anything. People love it. We have had numerous clients tell us after the fact that that was a a deciding factor. Yeah. Well, (laughs) I think, I mean, I think for most people, they like a storyline, you know, being a, being a couple is a storyline. Now we're not making out on stage, Mm -mm. but we're also not hiding it. You kissed me for the first time on stage. I know. It was very awkward. At 
at a Valentine's Day and it was so um, shocking to me. And I remember you're like, didn't you ask me? Was like, was that okay? I'm like, yeah, I don't think so. Don't do that again. <laughs> yeah. Well, generally speaking, we're fairly subtle about it. But um, yeah. Um, I mean, people have asked about, about um, I, I don't think, I mean, there's been times that we, you know, I don't really fight, but I'm even trying to, to think if there's ever been a thing. We don't, we definitely don't bring our personal stuff to, to gigs. I mean, we deal with way more personal stuff than in our lives than what goes on between you and I directly. <laughs> that, uh, that's not even a thing, but, um, there's never been even a, an issue with, with jealousy. I mean, it's kind of like, we we know how to play off people and I laugh because you still get a little um you're still getting used to your power as a, a male singer, male front person. So I laugh when uh you're really leaning into something and you're like going after it and you're singing to somebody and then that turns on you and you're like Bleh! just kidding, just kidding. And it's so funny, but I also get that because there's the danger of some people just don't um understand that as you're as you're being a singer that you are just singing songs and there's no nothing behind it yeah yeah <laughs> for some people i think um even if you're singing in a sweaty bar in san francisco and you're singing a song a million other cover bands sing there's still a status that goes along with like oh the singer you know i'm i'm going to hook up with the singer or i'm going to at least like get their attention to a certain degree. And I'm up there just going like, I'm just playing off everybody and having a good time. And you seem into it and we're singing together. And then all of a sudden that you just see the eyes change a little bit and you're like, Oh, yeah. okay. Abort, well, abort. Mm, yeah. <laughs> uh, and yeah, I'm definitely, I'm definitely still not totally, uh, sure how to like control that, but, uh, um, it hasn't gotten out of control yet. Let's put no. it that way. And then as far as I've kind of taken the lead on the social media aspect, well, kind of, I am the social You're media. Yeah. <laughs> I am the social media person of the band. I handle um, handle all social media. I handle a lot of um, kind of the. I don't really have to do anything more about the look of the band so much. They've been they've been learning. <laughs> In the beginning, I did. Um, In the beginning, I kind of had to spell out a lot, um, but that's been. Um, shaping up nicely is that everybody's been finding their style and their vibe. And I want everybody to feel comfortable, but pumped up. Um, but we've definitely had a way of, of wanting to be stylized and being seen as, you know, we don't have to be necessarily in tuxes to be formal unless you really, really want us to be, you know, we have no problem doing that, but there's been a way that we've, we've presented ourselves um, getting sort of, so you, so yeah, I would say I do social media. I help obviously with you and I behind the scenes of putting songs together and deciding what songs should be added to the set list. You and I kind of do that together. You've definitely taken on the more administrative business side of things, which I help, but you've definitely like been the one to take over doing the contracts and to a certain extent, I mean, yes, I, I I handle a lot of the business stuff, but the business of the band is a shared effort. I just end up, I think, doing more of the like correspondence with um, clients and planners and stuff and advancing gigs, putting together the actual set list. 
because that stuff is labor intensive and it's a different side of the creative brain that they both everything we do is the to me is the somewhat of the the creative side of the brain right. but like you have a vision for the image and and more or less the personality the of the band branding of the band and um i have a vision i think for like the image and the personality of the band but on the sort of like interpersonal level of like actually you know interfacing with people um on the business side or even at cl- at the club or whatever like i right. i yeah, love usually, talking i love yeah you do all the advancing you do all that we get there and you're the person you know that that is always handling the the client and the person of contact and you like come right in and whereas i like to kind of like slink in a little bit well and, and also and i mean like, like the, not want to leave some of the mystery like you know you're the band is styled around you for good reason you're hot and you're cool and you have a image I must you, have my a, white cloth. you have a, <laughs> <laughs> yeah you, but i mean i'm serious though like it's we you know it's very it was important to me that the band wasn't like I mean, we have Mercy and the Man's the podcast and the band is ours. And, and when you're interfacing with clients, like it's it's pretty clear it's the two of us sort of leading the charge. But as far as like the band image goes, like it's it's Mercy and the Heartbeats. I'm right. a heartbeat. It's not Mercy and the Man's and the Heartbeats. And there's a reason for that, you know? Right. Oh, uh, we didn't talk about how we named Mercy and the Heartbeats. Did we, we not talk about that a little bit? We sort of alluded to we that in did. the previous episodes. It's true. But, uh, we can get into that at a certain point. We're going a little long right now, but um, it's okay. We're doing. We got well. nothing else to do. You have nothing else to do either, <laughs> yeah, listeners. You have nothing else to do. You're in. You're in self isolation right now, and yeah. uh, you're in quarantine, and you're drinking like uh, we are right now. Yeah, you are. But uh, anyway, I mean, to me, they're like you're not. It's like you're not like a precious snowflake. You're fully capable of like leading the band uh, and dealing with sound engineers and club owners and whoever else venue people, but. There's something to be said for like you're the <laughs> you're the de facto sort of like lead sing I sing leads but you're the lead singer of the band and there's something to be said for like you sort of showing up and only doing that. I mean you help, you set up stuff, you tear down stuff, but to there's something to be said Surprise. for me handling the minutia of like input lists and stage plots and all right. that kind of stuff and then you being able to like get into character and get your face on and your outfit on <laughs> and like step out on stage without anybody having had like a, a st- stupid conversation about, you know, EQ on the whatever. I True. don't know. I'm True. sort of like spinning my tires here, but you know no, what I'm saying? I get, like, I get what, what you say. I get what you're throwing down. Yeah. No. And I, and I, yeah, I mean, I just get more like, I love, well, you you know this, obviously. I love singing. I love performing. So I just like to be able to get there and just get into that mode. And it's true. And you really do enjoy all of that. And, and whereas, like, I love talking with people. I love meeting new people. But I can get in my head. Whereas that's, like, where you thrive and, and you you have such a ease with it. And you've done it so much in so many different capacities. You've done it... Um you know, uh, touring, you've done it with other cover bands and you've done it with, uh, you know, Megan Slankard and stuff like that, where you've taken on this, this role and you just, you just naturally step into this leadership role. I do it in my own 
way. And I know I've gotten a little bit where like, oh, I should take more ownership. And you remind me that I do. It's an equal division of labor. Way. It works out really well because it's an equal division of labor uh, that like really lines up well. Like neither of us are stepping on each other's toes. Like Mm-mm. the things I'm good at and enjoy doing are things that you don't particularly care to do. Not that you couldn't do it, but you don't particularly care to do it. Just and like you could I do don't. the social security. No. <laughs> social security. Yeah. Social media. I definitely can't do the social security either. <laughs> the social media. And you're like, no, I don't care. Well, you do it. I mean, look, there. I'm sure there's people listening that understand this, but there's probably a lot that don't like, it's one thing to post on Instagram. You're like, oh, this is what I ate for dinner. Or like, I'm working out. I'm like, whatever. To like run a, a business's social media and be like mind, like intentional and mindful and all the things that like go into building a brand so that, because you have to think about it this way. Like you, you might follow my personal Instagram or Jackie's personal Instagram or whatever else. Like you, it's like, Posts come across your feed and you go, oh, cool, Jackie's whatever and, uh, you know, doing this thing and then it's kind of gone. When you're like gearing your social media to towards people, like you want followers, we want people to subscribe and follow us, but also like you're, you're, you're gearing it towards people that may have never heard of your band before and somebody goes, oh, you're getting married? You should check this band out. Right. They're going to looking at, they're going to look at your website, they're going to look at your Instagram, your YouTube, whatever else. That may be the first time they're ever seeing your band. So that's your brand. And the amount of time and intention and attention and everything else that you put into our social media, it's like, A, it's easily an equal division of labor between that that and what I do. And B, I have no interest. In fact... (laughs) You have my social media passwords to my accounts because I'm just like whenever when you do the posts for everybody, just do mine. Like, right. I don't want to have to go back and do it. It doesn't Ladies interest and gentlemen, me. Ladies and his personal stuff he does still do, but if it's usually band related, I, I help out. Yeah, if it's if it. non mercy stuffs me, it's not like she's like <laughs> running my social media account like I'm like I'm an actor or something like that, you know. But yeah, anything like kind of band related that comes across my comes across from my feeds usually just her because it's like you do such a good job at it, at it. I'm like I don't want to start from scratch like right <laughs> sounds awful well and I've enjoyed it and I've learned a lot I mean since we started the band I knew nothing than just how to post a picture or post a video yeah well you taught yourself iMovie I did you thank you Josh Sanchez yeah and uh our buddy Niaz Pirani. Weddings. Yeah, our our buddy Niaz Pirani, who uh, knife and spork um, public relations. He does stuff for restaurants and whatever. He took us through his social media crash course and really uh, helped craft our um, approach to Instagram and Facebook. And you know, because most people may not realize this, they're two very different platforms with very different. Uh, user demographics and algorithms and everything else. And it's like not as simple as just like put a post up and then, you know, it's, and you do all that stuff. So it's uh yeah, it's equal. So there's been a lot, you know, this, this going into this has been way more than I ever could have hoped for and way more than I ever could have imagined in the sense that, you know, I remember sitting at my computer tears because I couldn't, you know, 
figure out how to make a simple one minute little movie clip and, you know, by the help of Megan Slankard, who FaceTimed me and sat with me and walked me through things to Josh Sanchez, giving me like I, you know, had him coach me and everything like that. And now I'm to a point where like I made our last um, one of our last promo video cuts that like I never I couldn't have done that even, you know, a year ago. Well, and it gives us such such a leg up because we don't have to outsource that stuff usually. I mean, they're like somebody like Josh is an amazing uh, videographer and there are definitely things that we will hire him for, definitely things that we will, you know, um, contract out to him. But cutting together gig footage, sizzle reels, whatever, like to be able to do that in-house yeah. Is such a luxury. And you do a really good job and you taught yourself. And so there's also that that element of every time you put post something, every time you put something up, I'm I get this like very uh big dopamine hit of like, oh, it's my that's my woman. <laughs> look how look how good she did, you know. And um so yeah, so that's how basically and, and I guess you someone had asked about how how we handle the business and the personal. I mean, it's all, I'd love to say that we, this is all business and then this is all personal, but it's so intertwined. I mean, we can be, you know, I, I one of my favorite videos that I post is one time in, in bed at 2 a.m. after a gig and you decided to listen to audio that we got and you start dancing in your PJs at 2 a.m. working on, I mean, that's just how it is. It's so enmeshed um that sometimes there are times I, I know that we've had to say like okay can we like not talk about gigs and can we not talk about songs and can we talk about like if we can go on a date night and you know can we talk about our wedding can we talk about you know do we know switch gears and everything like that but it's it's still pretty seamless and I mean there's never been a time that it, it's all work or it's all personal no, um, it's uh, it's intertwined, and but it's also that thing that like, you know, it's the reason I'm marrying you, you know, like. I knew you wanted me for my voice. Yes, and your looks <laughs> and everything else. No, I mean it. You and I have a uh, cohesive vision for our lives, for the way that we want to live our lives, for the people that we want to spend time around, for. I mean, every aspect of our lives is a is a partnership. It's teamwork. And the band is no different. And yeah, the band bleeds into the personal. The personal be- bleeds into band. But it works super well because there is no competing priority. There's no competing vision. I, I, don't, have, I don't have a vision for the band or anything that we're going to do that doesn't jive with your vision for what the band is and what it's going to do and the same thing for our personal lives and if if and when things come up you know we like i feel like we have enough evidence now that like we know how to work that stuff out yeah i don't like it's hard for me to to imagine something that would we'd really be at odds about or think of something that we it took us a long time to work out it's like i uh i remember what yeah we are now we Not to brag i'm just saying like, yeah, yeah we're we're so good at dealing with uh, yeah um 
if I if I can, I I I would bring up one thing. The last thing that I can remember of that was like a big thing, and it wasn't that big of a deal. Looking back, was there was a walkthrough for a gig that we were going to have, and we did do the gig, and everything was fine. But you, I remember that week had taken on so much stuff, and you were so busy, and you were trying to do everything, and you felt that you didn't want to bring me into that part and you ended up overextending yourself and you weren't going to make the walkthrough, but you didn't call me in time to ask me if I could do the walkthrough. And so then you're like, I I can't make the walkthrough. I let them know it's fine, but you know, I'm not, I I'm sorry. And I missed it. And I took it so personally and was so hurt that you, um, because I felt that you didn't trust me that I could that I could do the walkthrough in your place. But part of it is with part of the personal, we share that we're co-parenting with my ex-husband, my five-year-old daughter now. And so like I had her and you were worried about how I was gonna juggle that and you didn't you wanted to take all that off my plate. And I remember that being a thing, but like again, it was something that happened and it was over and done with in like a day. And that to me is like the biggest thing I can think of in this whole year that we have dealt with. It was a learning experience for me. Uh, But yeah, I mean, again, like I I wouldn't, it's taking, you you, get to marry with somebody, you're going to start a business with somebody, you're going to intertwine all aspects of your life with somebody. Like that's a huge risk. That's taking on a lot. Mm -hmm. I would not do that with you if I didn't have confidence that we we're going in the same direction, going to the same place, you know? Right. It doesn't feel hard to make decisions with you. It doesn't feel hard to, you know, uh, decide on songs. Like, it doesn't feel hard. I don't know. Like, uh, the communication's good. Right. With us and the whole band. Like, I don't feel like there's ever, I don't know. I don't. Well, because, I mean, you know, not not to throw anybody under the bus, but, you know, I was married to a musician, Um, and one of the funniest things that I've, I've thought about in hindsight was we knew because several people asked, Oh, you guys gonna, are you in a band together? And we're like, no. And, or are you guys gonna, you know, ever, you know, put a band together? No, like we could not, we knew that we knew going into our relationship, we could play together. We could play on stage together. We could be in the same, uh, on the same gig, but we knew we could not be in a band together or run a band together. So it doesn't, just because you're in a relationship doesn't mean that you can, that's not a given, I guess is what I'm saying. Right. And, um, and that's one thing I've already known. So to be here where we are, um, has been so, so fun and such a blessing. And you keep looking at the time. Are we like way over? (laughs) (laughs) No, it's all good. I just, (laughs) it's what I do. But, um, yeah, so that, that's also come up in looking back on this and like, wow, this is like, we've come so far. We're getting married soon, hopefully. At some point, <laughs> I'm sure it'll happen. And, uh, it won't be long before, um, I mean, I'm always going to call you my mans. You're always be my mans, but there's, there's, there's a moment very soon that, you know, you'll be, be seen as my husband on stage. And that's so crazy to me. Yep. Uh, I'm ready. I'm excited for that. Yeah, me um, too. Yeah. Well, anyway, uh, 
we're thankful for our band. We're thankful for our guys. We're thankful for each other, I think. And um, <laughs> very. You know, it's fun. It's fun to do this episode because we haven't seen. I mean, really, really haven't seen our band in a month. No, and, and I'm I mean, all you excited. and I've been. You and I've been recording songs just to post up on Instagram and stuff, which has been fun. But it's, you know, it's not the same as being on stage dancing and performing and working that way. Um, so it's fun to to think about everybody and 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 think about where we've come from where we've gone in a year. I mean, I know I mentioned this the last episode when we were talking about, you know, the sort of like fallout of this coronavirus thing, but like I'm so thankful that we got to start our band last year and weren't trying to do it this year. Could you imagine? Um, it would be disastrous. And I am just so proud of of what we've done in a year. Like we we did more gigs and bigger gigs than I think either of us thought we would do absolutely we we tried to set realistic expectations it's hard to start a band it's it's a bloated market you got a lot of people in town that have uh uh, a brand and a track record that goes back a a long time and connections and everything else and we had to face some hard realities with people that weren't going to work with us right away yeah which, you know, fine, that's cool. Um, but like you factor all that stuff in and you go, okay, man, if we if we if we could do X amount of gigs and hit a few milestones just to 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 you know feel we're on the right track, we'll be we'll be stoked. We'll consider that a success. Right. And we blew all those out of the water. Yeah. And to be honest with you, the most frustrating thing, I mean, there's so many frustrating things about where we're at right now. I mean, and and I say this as a caveat, obviously, like people have it way worse than us. We have our health. Um, We've been very lucky in terms of our community so far has been relatively not impacted. Right. Um, Health wise, none of our none of our friends are working. But, uh, you know, we were set up to have a great year yeah and i have faith that that will pick back up whenever we start i you know i'm not worried about that aspect of it but yeah i mean just reflecting about what we've done in a year um i have to i have to say with zero smoke up my butt or yours that i'm i'm really really proud of us and proud of our band um and um feel very confident about where we're going and 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 very thankful for all the people that have either for i mean obviously for our guys so many people that i want to (laughs) thank yeah but everybody that's invested in us everybody invested their time and creativity you know photographers videographers you know sound companies sound companies subs you know um agents in town booking agents venue managers wedding planners anybody that like uh, took a chance on us or, or, you know, advocate and advocated for us, you know, to get gigs, to work, to get in front of people, you know, it's like I said, you know, when I started this whole rant, (laughs) it's a bloated market. There's a lot of bands and a lot of people that have been around for a while. It's hard to break in, you know, and, um, to, to feel, to come out from a year of work and feel like we, for lack of a better term, sort of broke through a certain, uh, wall or a certain ceiling or something. I don't know what how you would put it, but like 
to feel like we broke through that to be like, all right, we're, we're, we're somebody people think about when they're, you know, putting together events like that is huge. Yeah. Yeah. No, I mean, we came into this, I, I remember we were, um, you know, last year our goals were, it'd be great if we could get a couple weddings. It'd be really cool if we could get a new year's Eve gig. Then we'll be like, cool. And maybe like a big company party. And yeah, 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 yeah. And we, and we did, but we got like even more and, and it was just like, you know, we, we, uh, Danny reminded me of something, you know, the big Sacramento block party we, we played for the soccer, uh, announcement. And I mean, that was such a big, cool gig and, um, we got a great new year's Eve gig up in Edgewood and, and coming into this year, man, I gotta say like, you know, I, I keep my eye on everybody. I mean, it, it, you, you've got to, you, I want to see what everybody's doing and what we should be doing, what we should p- be pushing for and striving for. And I have to say, we came into this year with a pretty freaking full calendar before a lot of other people. And so to see when all that stuff started going away, it was just kind of like, Oh God. But we've been relatively- but at the same time, one of the things that we've talked about is it wasn't, it wasn't because we, we couldn't cut it. It wasn't because we're not, we're not working because of a pandemic. Yes. It's not because we weren't good enough. It's not because we, you know, weren't wanted. It's, because we can, nobody can work, so. Well, and I'll say this as we approach the wrap-up point. Um, the thing I love about you and the thing I love about us as partners and the thing I love about our band and the people that we surround ourselves with, the the booking agencies, that I mean, all the people I just named, the people we surround ourselves with, um, I know that we won't get complacent. I know that we we won't wake up five years from now on cruise control, that... Yeah. We will continue to to tr- always try to be our best, always try to deserve the work that we get, and always try to earn the work that we haven't gotten yet. And um, that's the one. That's the one thing I'm really. I mean, other than the work we have, that's the one thing I'm really thankful for. Is that I I I do feel like I'm part of a collective of people that, um you know, really, really strive to be the best at what they do all the time and know when they're not reaching that goal and do what they got to do to correct or whatever. Yeah. So no, we're too, we're too competitive. Yeah. That's one thing we're not (laughs) lacking is competitiveness. We, and the thing is, yeah, again, with these, with these guys, with our members, um, with our fellow bandmates, um, I will never ask or expect more of them than I'm willing to give myself. And everybody has met me at that place and I love it and I thrive on it. And even um, when you're shoving a camera in their face and asking them <laughs> questions <laughs> for they, Instagram, they love that. They love that. That's their favorite part. Um, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I I don't feel we're in in danger of that, and um, we have a we've set a pretty high bar, and we've made no bones about it. And I love that these guys rise to it every every gig. Yep. Okay, are we Good. done? I think so. It's almost <laughs> almost ninety minutes of us blathering on. Well, happy birthday, Mercy and the Heartbeats. Yeah. Um, and I'm sure it won't be the last time we talk about the band, but. 
it's fun to think back on on getting these dudes involved and uh, uh, just the memories of. <laughs> it feels like another lifetime. It feels like a, it really does feel like we've we played that first gig April thirteenth in Reno. Um, thank you, Jim. Thank you, Jim and Tim, and um, Las Positas College. We played. It was a. Uh, I did speech and debate when I was in college, and we played uh, the Nationals. They did them in Reno, and my old school hosted. And that was the. They gave us our first gig before them, and our first wedding were booked around the same time. Right. The wedding was also friends of mine, and they took a chance on us. We didn't even have a wet. We didn't have any anything. We didn't mm-hmm. have a website. We didn't have, really didn't have a band. They took a chance on us. They trusted that we would pull it together, and we did. But it feels like another lifetime ago because I really feel like we played that first gig and just never looked back. Yeah. So it's it's funny to to sit here and hit, sit and reminisce about like when we were trying to sell these guys on on what it could be, and then like to to remember and realize that it is what it is because of those guys too. It's not. Right. You know, we don't hand out charts and go, okay, play this, you know. You know what I think my favorite thing is? For one, you have just stepped into the lead singer, frontman role so just in such stud fashion. Um, and it's so fun to watch and, and do that with you. But I have to say my favorite thing is seeing your uh, – I want to make a slideshow of your outfits. <laughs> well, a lot of that is a lot of that is you, to be fair. So. <laughs> but still, like going from like you know your your skinnies to a cool shirt to now, like I've got you in these like neon pink tiger print pants. To you know, it's just uh, I love it. I love it so much, and that you've like totally leaned into it and everything. It's so great. It's nice to be recognized when you're at the bar. I spent a lot of years coming off the drum kit and people asking me if I played keyboards or what I was doing. Were you in the band? Like, you know. And, like, I'm fine with that. I love playing drums and and everything. But there's definitely, I don't mind being, uh, don't mind being recognized and people buying me drinks and all this stuff. So there's perks. And when you're wearing uh, leopard print pants and a pink jacket, people don't, (laughs) don't tend to misplace you, so... Nope. Yeah. Okay, well here's to many more many more birthdays. Yeah. God willing, because yep. uh, you know, I'm otherwise I'm getting my truck driving license and uh Nope. Yeah. You can't go away. No, put too much time into this music thing. We'll be we'll be back and we'll see you guys all out there. We're 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 stoked, we're itching. Itching to do it. If you wanna if you wanna have a smoking band, like have an event when this all when this all uh I know. When this all kicked, when we can leave the house again, <laughs> throw an event and hire our band and you will get, uh, yeah, you will get 150% right. of what we're capable of. I can guarantee you that. Exactly. Yep. Okay. All right. Well, love I you. love you. <laughs> love you too. And guys, if you're listening, I love you guys. I miss you. I love all of you and guys. And miss all our subs and miss our agents and, you know, all those people. And uh, stay safe. Stay safe. And thank you, as always, to Megan Slankard for the music. Yep. Toodles. You said that you found me.